Hello, my name is Donnie Smith, and I'm the pastor here at Ascension Christian Center in Apopka, Florida. I hope this message changes, impacts, and challenges you in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you enjoy the message, you can connect with us Genesis, on our website, Facebook, or Instagram at Ascension Christian Center. I'm going to probably start with Thank you verses 1 and through enjoy. 5, and then I'm going to skip a few verses, and we'll, we'll, we'll jump down to verse uh, 12 and go from there. All right, can we say our Bible declaration? Can we do that? Can you hold those swords? Don't poke anybody in the eye. Just hold it up high in the air. And can we all say this? Say on three, one, two, three. This is the infallible, undisputed, and inerrant word of God. Today, I open up my heart, mind, spirit, and soul to receive from its truths. God, I thank you that fruit will abound to my account as a result of reading, hearing, and applying your word to every area of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, there, there's a couple different type of preachers, and, I, and I've mentioned this before. Um, I don't like one or the other. I think we should have both. And you ever heard ministers that are just almost primarily historical ministers? Like they... The sermon, not that it's bad, because some people really like that flavor. They just give historical backgrounds as to the context in the Bible. And then you have other ministers that can just come up with one word and they just preach it, but there is no historical background whatsoever. Does that make sense? It's only application. It's not historical. Do you all hear what I'm saying? I think you have to kind of merge the two. Now, I'm not going to do a deep dive on either one of those, but I, but I do want to give you a quick background. Everybody say, this particular scripture is talking about Jacob. Okay, it's talking about Jacob, and he's going to, we're going to be talking about digging wells today, right? Untapped wells. But historically, Abraham had dug wells in years past. And, and so what happened is the enemy came, and he filled the well holes up so that the next generation couldn't tap into what once was. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? And that's why I was talking to the kids this morning. That's why I'm trying to make space and why I want more than anything. And I would literally give my life to see God's presence, empower the young generation, because if they don't know the presence of God, if they don't know Jesus Christ as personal Savior, you think we're living in a generation that's messed up. Imagine what the next generation... So, so what one generation does not praise, the next one gets lukewarm. And when you get lukewarm, you kind of start to go in the opposite direction. And there's this slow decline. And there was this scripture I want to say before I read this next one, okay? I know I'm getting a little ahead of myself. It's in Psalm 77. And here's what it says. I will remember the works of the Lord... Surely I will remember your wonders of old. This is why it's important to read the Word of God, because you have to remember who He is. And even almost more importantly than that, remember who He can be in your life. Just because you're having a certain experience in your life does not mean that God is dead. It simply means that the enemy has come and put dirt in wells that your forefathers have dug. Are you listening to what I'm saying? And so let's read Genesis chapter 26, verses 1 through 5. I'm excited about this verse. I got one verse, and let's see where it goes. Genesis 26, 1 through 5, and it says, There was a famine in the land. Doesn't it kind of seem like that these days? 
There was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abinelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar. Then the Lord appeared to him and said, do not go down to Egypt. In other words, don't return to your past. The only reason he would have said don't go down to Egypt because there was this thing in his mind that indicates that what I'm doing now is not working, so I need to switch gears. Egypt represents one thing. Everybody say the world. When you see the word Egypt in there, it represents the world's system. And he says, don't go back down to Egypt. Look at somebody and say, whatever you do, don't look back. Yeah, look at somebody else and say, whatever you do, do not go, I mean, do not go back to the world. Come on, fake it with a prophetic eye. Don't go back to the world. So watch this. And I, I park on some of these verses. I won't be long, I promise. I'll let you sit back down. I know I've seen y'all all sitting after tithing offering. Like, he says, do not go back down to Egypt. Live in the land which I shall tell you. So, so you have to envision this historically. And this was Isaac, by the way, not Jacob. Forgive me. Isaac. Say Isaac. Isaac. i got to clean that up. So, so God himself is telling Isaac, you're in a famine you're not seeing the results that you want to see. But Isaac's thinking about going back to what used to work. He's like, I don't have a job here. Why should I stay here? I've been sowing in this land. Why should I stay here? And God's saying, don't go back to what used to work. Don't go back down to Egypt. Stay in the land in which I shall tell you. You, you have to understand this. Because this is where most people, I would say 99.9% .9 of the people do they miss the Lord for this one specific reason. They go based on facts and feelings versus faith and obedience to Jesus. That when, when things don't go their way, they go back down to Egypt. They'll switch a job. They'll switch a spouse. They'll switch gears or they'll switch positions, spiritually speaking, or they'll switch a church. Come on, somebody. They will switch things when it's not working. But here God says, don't do that. Don't change lanes. Stay in the land in which I shall tell you. What land was that? The land where he was not experiencing fruitfulness. Did, did it land yet? Live in the land which I shall tell you. Everybody say, obey the Lord. And leave the consequences to him. So he goes on to say, next verse, dwell in this land and I will be with you and bless you. That's telling me if I switch gears, God may not be with me. Now, yes, he will never leave thee, never leave thee nor forsake thee. He loves you. He'll be with you. He's, if, if you. If you break down that scripture, it simply means that his favor won't remain as much as it was when you're walking in obedience. Because Jesus, throughout scriptures, if you will do this, if you will obey my commandments if you love me there's always these ifs so he says i will be with you and bless you hand to your descendants i will give these lands and i will perform the oath which i swore to abraham your father look at somebody and say this isn't about you it's a generational thing 
and I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of heaven. Now watch how much he blesses them. I will give you and your descendants all these lands and in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge and my commandments, my statutes and my laws. Everybody say amen. Amen. Did you just make that scripture disappear up there? Y'all flow with me back there. Come on, team. You may have your seats. I may not have given him that one. That's all right. We have another one. I want you to put Genesis 26. Let's do that. Put Genesis 26 up on the screen. I'm just going to... Can I speed read? I just want to give you the whole context I'm improving right now. How many know what improv is? This is improv. I want to give you the whole story. So, so on one side, you have God speaking to this man of God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Say it again. I want you to get it. The God of Okay. So, so, so Genesis chapter 26 gives the whole contextual overview I'm going to read 12 through 25, and and then I'm just going to talk to you from the heart. Can I just talk to the heart this morning? It says, then Isaac sowed in the land. So so here's an action. So God spoke. This this is how you see fruitfulness in your life. If you don't do this, you won't see so much fruitfulness. So God spoke. Say, God spoke. He spoke. And then it says in verse 26, in the first verse, then Isaac sowed in that land. There wasn't a delay you understand? Like, like delayed obedience is disobedience in many instances. So God spoke, then he obeyed and sowed. So it says, then Isaac sowed in that land and reaped what? What did he reap? You got to say the whole verse. And he reaped, and when did he reap? In the same year, a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. And the man began to prosper. Now listen to this. And the man began to prosper, or woman, if there's, you know, if you're a woman in the room. How many ladies are in the room? How many ladies are ready to prosper? Amen. And it says, and continued prospering until he became very prosperous, for he had great possessions of flocks and of possessions of herds and of great number of servants. But watch this. But the Philistines, in the Bible, Philistines represent the enemy. Say the enemy. But they begin to envy him. And the Philistines had stopped up all the wells which his father's servants had dug, meaning Abraham. Abraham had dug in the days of Abraham. And the Philistines had stopped up all the wells which his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham, his father. And they had filled them up with earth. In other words, they put dirt where there used to be fresh water. Are y'all listening? And Abimelech said to Isaac, go away from us, for you are much mightier than we. Then Isaac departed from there and pitched his tent in the valley of Gerar and dwelt there. And Isaac dug again the wells of water, which they had dug in the days of Abraham, his father. For the Philistines had stopped them up. Come on. Say, I'm not going to allow the enemy to stop up the blessings of God in my life. 
And he called them by names which his father had called them. So Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found a well running there. But the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled against Isaac's herdsmen, saying, The water is ours. See, the enemy always tries to take what belongs to you. He tries to take what belongs to you. Do you see this? Can you see God speaking in this particular scripture, how it applies to our personal lives? And he says he called them by name, which his father had called them. And he dug in the valley, found it running, but the herdsmen quarreled against Isaac's herdmen, saying, The water is ours. So he called the name of that water Esek, because they quarreled with him. It means the word means quarreling. And they dug another well, and they quarreled over that one also. So he called the name of it Sitna. And he moved from there and dug another well. And they, that's a lot of wells that he's digging. And they did not quarrel over it. So he called the name Rehoboth because he said, for now the Lord has made room for us and we shall be fruitful in the land. And he went up from there to Beersheba and the Lord appeared to him in the same night. And he said, I am the God of your, God of Abraham. Do not fear for I am with you. I will bless you and multiply your descendants for my servant Abraham's sake. And so he built an altar there. And called on the name of the Lord, and he pinched his tent there. And there Isaac's servants dug a well. Now look at all these. Now I want, let me just tell you, to, tell you the scripture, uh, or the, sorry, the title of this this morning. Are you ready? I want you to entitle this if you're naked, taking notes. Either dig again. Say dig again. Yeah, do you see all these wells that they were digging? Dig again. In other words, just because it's not working doesn't mean it's not God's will. See, this is where people mess it up because how the enemy works in our lives is oftentimes we'll try to dig something and because it's not prospering, we say it's not God's will when it could be the enemy trying to sabotage and fill in what God's trying to bless. And this is where you have to have some kind of level of tenacity in your spirit and say, if I got to lay hold of the horns of the altar, if I've got to get on my knees fast, pray, if I've got to call Susie, John, whoever to get around me to pray for me, I'm going to see this thing come to fruition that God has put in my heart and my mind and my spirit. Everybody say, I'm going to see the will of God for my life. So, so I want you to, that, that's that that's first title is dig again. Say dig again. And here's the other title I was going to give somebody. Don't stop digging. Don't stop digging. I don't care what you have to do to see God's will come to fruition in your life. Do not stop digging. If somebody had mentioned it, I think it was Finney this morning. You mentioned about um, the Apostle Paul. It was 14 years before. See, we see him getting saved. He got knocked off the donkey. He was blind for three days. And then we see immediately him going to the book of Romans and so on and preaching 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, and so on. Well, it was 14 years of doing what? Digging. It's, this is messing with me this morning because last week I talked to a well digger. And it's just the Lord kept talking to me about wells. And because I want, to, I want to get a personal well for my own. It's not being dug in Africa, okay? But it's, you know, in my, in, yeah, I want to dig a well because I want to have my own water resource. And then they told, they told me, they said, well, Mr. Smith, I need you to have like an area cleared and I said, okay, there should be plenty of room. They're like, no, you don't understand. We are, we are bringing in a 70,000-pound machine, 
and, and we're going to dig. I said, 70,000 pounds? What do you need a 70,000 pound well, uh, a digger for? Well, I said, we have to make it, to, you know, we have to go far down into the earth to tap into the resource. And, and this, you got to catch this revelation because you tapping into the will of God is not going to be a convenient dig. You understand what I'm saying? Like, if, if you think that God's going to allow you... Now, listen, I'm much nicer out of the pulpit if you're visiting for the very first time. I promise. Much nicer guy. I'm kind of like, you know, Paul was a little bit brash when he spoke to the... But he was such a lover, and, and that's me. I'm a lover, not a fighter. But, but the will of God is not going to happen by us sitting on our blessed assurance. God partners with people. Did you see that? In the scriptures, there were wells that were readily available, but were untapped. And if you were going to find the will of God, you have to be active in obeying his voice. Because here's the thing. God will not hand you the fish. And he won't even give you the net. But he'll tell you where to toss the net. Throw the net on the right side of the boat. In other words, he gives instructions. Yes, he will help you get, if you don't have the tools, but God does miracles. He doesn't do like, like a, like a, I don't have a wooden chair. Is there a wooden chair here? There's a wooden chair in the back. Like God doesn't do chairs. He does, he does trees. You know, he'll give you a tree and he'll say, here, I'm going to give you the, you take the tool and you carve it. In other words, whatever it is that you need to accomplish the will of God, he'll put the, he'll put the source right there in front of you. And then he'll give you instructions on how to build that thing to get where he's called you to be. But they, but they had said, I want to work bringing a 70,000 pound machine. I said, why 70,000 pounds? Well, we have to have something that has enough thrust to go into the middle of the earth to tap into what's already there. Now by external Measures, you look around, you don't see any kind of water, you don't see any type of resource, but it's all there. And listen, and you look around, you see nothing, and that's kind of like with some of our situations. You may look around, you may see John who left you, you may see Susie who has betrayed you, you may see a lack of finances. You may see everybody who's coming against you, but I am telling you that you are standing on, and I'm telling you this by the Spirit of the living God, you are standing on something that has untapped resources. And can I tell you what your well digger is? The two knees those that are about two foot down from your, from your chest area, two feet down, these two knees right here, and when you don't see it, you get on your knees and you pray because when you pray, you start tapping into what's beneath you and what's around you. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying this morning? Untapped resources. And I'm telling you, if you keep pushing, if you keep digging into the will of God for your life, God is going to help you tap into something that only... I'm talking about heaven's resources. Somebody say heaven's resources. But you have to know this, that because of what's in our generational line, now I know we don't like to talk about curses anymore because we preach greasy grace these days. Like, no, we're completely free. Oh yeah, then why is John so bound? If Jesus, and Jesus did pay it all, but he paved the way. You see, like the door is open doesn't mean everybody's accessing the room. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? So, so there's this religious spirit that says, well, I don't have to do anything. I don't have to, I don't have to tap into it, really. 
then why didn't everybody, why isn't everybody healed? Why isn't everybody prospering? Why are so many, why are so many lives bound with addiction? It's not because the water doesn't exist. It's because we are standing on top of and not being proactive in digging the wells. Why do you think I read that scripture this morning that says, I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember your wonders of old. And this is where I want to, I want to talk to you young people for just, it is, they're all gone. Well, make sure you tell them for me. It is important. I love the fact that the young kids are in here during worship because they have to be familiar with the presence of God. Not familiar to where it becomes like familiarity where they don't respect it, but they have to know what the presence of Jesus feels like. I mean, our, our, the world depends on it. We have to teach them and remind them. Why did they say that in Psalm 77? Because he was living in a generation that had forgot the works of God. And we cannot forget about the presence of God. We cannot forget about what Jesus has done for us. We cannot forget that he has a calling, not just any calling, but he has a holy calling in which we were called. And we cannot forget that the power of God still exists, that the power that raised Jesus from the dead still exists in the earth and is operating in the lives of believers who will trust Jesus, who will lay hold of that fact by faith and be his hands and his feet here and now. I don't know why so many people are sick. I'll tell you why so many people are sick. Because we haven't been digging wells. Let me tell you. Now, now that holy indignation is rising up in me. I'm going to tell you why your loved ones are bound. I'm going to tell you why there's so much addiction. I'm going to tell you why you still have sleepless nights. I'm going to tell you why there's so much depression running rampant. I'm going to tell you why that the divorce rate inside the church and out of the church is 50%. Can I tell you why? Because we haven't been digging in wells. Because we have forgot the God of old who still does wonders. Why, why do people die or why do people get sick and then die? And I'm not saying it's always God's will to heal. I mean, the other day, somebody was dying in their old age. My grandmother was going to heaven. I didn't pray one time. I can't remember God to raise her up and heal her. Why? She lived a long life. 80 plus years old. I went up and visited her. She was healthy as an ox. I said, I want you to lay hands on me and I want you to ask God to use me. I went up to the Asbury Revival. Y'all remember that? Did I tell you I went up and seen my grandmother? Nettie is her name. I mean, country name. Nettie. Sweet lady. And she was so healthy. And as soon as I walked in the room, I knew the Lord was going to take her home. She was so healthy. Oh, Donnie, how you doing? I said, I'm good, Grandma. She said, I'm so glad to see you. She's crying. And as soon as she laid hands on me and prayed, I knew the Lord was going to take her home. I didn't pray for her because she lived, she lived a long life. She, lived, she, she, was, she was ready to go home to be with Jesus. I'm talking about when it's not God's will that somebody go home. Why aren't people being healed? Why are more people being raised up overseas internationally? I'm going to tell you why. Because they don't have money to dig their wells. You know what money they use? You know what's their money and their resources? These well diggers right here. Knees. What are your knees? That represents prayer. That represents intercession. And God says in his word, if my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves, and then I would hear from heaven, I would turn, and he would do what? Come on, you know your scripture. I would heal their land. So I'm, I'm, I'm asking you to consider what 
resources have you been digging into or have not been digging into? Untapped wells. And God is, God is not, Reinhardt told me that. I say it all the time. Why do I say it all the time? Because when he told me that, I knew it was by the Spirit and it literally shook my bones. When he said, God's not waiting on you as if God's sitting at a, excuse me, God's not, I'm not waiting on God. God's waiting on me. Isn't that the truth? So many of us are like, I'm just waiting on the Lord to do this. Oh, really? You've been waiting a long time. I mean, it's not like, you know, God's sitting at a bus stop, like tempting you and just like, I wonder if they're going to backslide. I wonder, I wonder how long they're going to wait for me on this one. No, it's none of that. It, there's a partnership. You take one step, God takes three. And you say, well, well, what step has he already taken? You see that icon right there, that cross? That cross is a sign that he's already on the move and he's waiting for us now to move. I know that don't get too many amens because it puts a little responsibility on you. Come on, somebody shake that slumber off of you. There's something that we have to do. What do we have to do? I believe I am living in a generation. I believe this by faith, but I believe it so deeply in my spirit. And I'm, I'm going to tell you about a dream I had recently. Uh, but I believe it so deeply in my spirit that this is the generation that is going to see the works of God like never before. This is the generation that is going to stand up and have a spiritual spine as strong as steel and who will lay hold of the horns of the altar and is going to see God's kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Listen, I appreciate Azusa Street. I appreciate Brownsville. I study them. I love them. I weep when I read it. But there's something in me that listen, how I know it wasn't enough and God bless them. God bless William J. Seymour. God bless Pastor John Kilpatrick. Amazing men of God. My hats are off to them. But the thing is, we need something greater. Why? Look at the world. Look at the world. The Bible says that the glory of the Lord in the last days will cover the earth like the waters cover the sea. We need something that's going to sustain longer than 10 years or 20 years. We need something that is going to rock the world because Jesus isn't coming back for a spotted church. He's coming back for a bride in battle boots, ready to do war, who has a sword in one hand. Am I preaching to the right church? Y'all don't make me start pastoring the church down the road. I'm just playing. Battle boots on a sword in one hand and a lamp in the other that is filled with oil. How do you get the oil? Start digging your well. Are you depressed this morning? Are you without direction? Are you confused? Are you serving Jesus but don't know how to continue to serve him? Like, what's the direction you're going to lead me in? Let me tell you something. The only time you lack something is in you when you are neglecting digging the wells that God has called you to dig. He's the water, you're the well digger. <laughs> God doesn't need to make miracles, He is miracles. You dig into Him, you get the untapped resources. You're waiting for God to just tap into Jesus. Anything that you need, the only thing you have to do is tap into the resource. Are y'all listening to what I'm saying this morning? How many are ready to start digging wells? I had a dream that was life for me it was life altering because it was, it was real if you were sitting in this room. It wasn't a vision. I still don't completely get the difference between a dream and a vision. I mean, I do. I know a vision is like open vision, but it was the dream was so real that it, is, it was if I were there. Does that make sense? Not sure if I was in my body or out of my body, like Paul said, but it felt like I was there. And in this dream, I'm in this region 
Y'all want to hear my dream? I was, I, was, I was sitting with two generals. They were men of God. They're both still alive. I was sitting. One of them is a general. One is being used by God mightily right now. And I was sitting in a booth in a small, in, in my heart, I knew it was a church, but it didn't look like a church. It looked like a, a restaurant, like a, just a regular restaurant booth seating. A lot of people around, just maybe 300 people. It was pretty full, bigger than this place, but completely packed. And there was this chatter going on, chatter. It was chattering, talking. And everybody was talking about the Lord. And this one general who's sitting right across from me, he's not as active in ministry. He's in his older years now. Very authoritative, well-known. If I said the name, you'd know the name. Most of you would. And all of a sudden, I'm sucked out of the room, like up. We're not weird here. I'm just, you know, sometimes we are. But I'm literally sucked up in this dream. And I'm in this swirl, like it's in the, I don't know, what I was in the sky. I was in orbit, it looked like, you know. And I'm with this other person. But I can see, like all up and down, I can see the whole region. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I'm looking on the streets and there's pandemonium, like a stir among the people. And I'm seeing like wheelchairs. People are getting out of wheelchairs. I'm seeing people like screaming and giving God glory. I'm seeing uh, people being healed all over the city. I'm seeing it with my eyes. I can see it like now, like just as if it really happened to me. That's how much it imprinted me. And I'm screaming out to them. I'm trying to talk to them. And the person who is with me says to me, they can't hear you. They can't hear you. And so I'm sucked back into my earthly suit. And I'm standing there. And the news stations start showing up. And they come up to me. And they say, well, I, know, I know you're not like a, a traditional minister with this huge education. But we, we know what you saw and we want you to explain to the world what's happening. Like nobody could explain the supernatural things that were beginning to take place in the body of Christ. And, and, and this is, I'm not telling you this to impress you. I'm telling you this because something is ahead and it is important to start digging wells now. It, it is important to start storing up oil for yourselves now. I don't know if Jesus is coming and they said it before. I don't know that. The Bible, if I were to say he's coming in our days, I would be a heretic. But I can tell you the Bible also says that you know the day and you know the times and the seasons. And when you see these signs, look up for your Redeemer draws near. All I am saying is all of the prophetic things that are happening in Israel, everything that's happening prophetically in our government is all an indicator that Jesus is not too far off. And it's time for the sleeping bride to begin to arise and put on her battle boots. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And it's time to tap into the resources of heaven. I am so tired of people running from the devil and hunching away in the corner like, like, like curled up in a corner. It's time for the bride to start hunting the enemy down. And wherever we don't see the kingdom of God, we go help establish the kingdom of God. But we can't do it if we are not feeding and if we are not being filled with that resource I'm talking about, that untapped well. Where is it? 
Look around, but you can't look with your physical eyes. Look with your spirit eyes and tap into what God has for you. Are y'all listening this morning? I'm going to read on. Jesus is coming. Somebody say, Jesus is coming. Stop letting the devil fill in what you've dug up a little bit. It, listen, I was talking to Rick yesterday. I literally live in constant warfare. Like when people, when I tell people, they're like, that's not normal. I'm like, it's, it's not? Like you don't go, they're like, I go through things. How many are going through things right now? I want, I want to see your hand. I'm going to call you out. You ain't even raising your hand. I know you're lying because you just told me that. No, I'm just kidding. I wasn't talking to anybody. Don't, don't, don't back off when the enemy fills in when you start to dig. Can I tell you, when you're going to see real progression is not when you do it for a month or two. It's, not, it's, it's a lifestyle. You know, people that, that all the time, now I'm not in shape. Well, I am, but oval is a shape. You know, I'll see people in the gym and they're like, you know, how do you do this? Or what do you do? I'll have friends like, you know, do you work out or whatever? I do a little bit. I just don't eat well. But here's the point is that it's funny because come January, everybody's at the gym. Everybody. They make it through February too, don't they? I mean, it's packed. You can't get on a machine. Everybody shows up January 2023. Everybody's packing it out. You can't get on a bench. You can't get on a treadmill. But when March comes around, nobody's around. They're like, I'm done. The New Year's resolution. That's the problem with the body of Christ is that we make resolutions with Jesus. We make resolutions. If this doesn't work in a month, I'm going to have a seat right there. Come February, it doesn't work. This prayer thing don't work. The prayer meetings don't work. This Bible don't work. No, because God knows the heart. You see, the heart is deceitful above all things. So God knows the heart. And the only way that you are truly going to see results is if you stay tapped in. And it's not a resolution. It becomes a lifestyle. And, and that's, what, that's what I'm trying to tell you. And every different season requires, listen to this, it requires a different well to be tapped into. Because there's wells that you need to dig in your marriage. There's wells that you need to dig, dig related to your calling. If you're in your teens or your early 20s, there, you need to tap into a certain type of well. Are y'all listening to what I'm saying? Like, you know how there's different... I understand a little bit about construction. Dean knows better than I do. Help me out on this, Dean. But Dean knows... He's telling me about different plumbing systems and how it goes from a four-inch to a two-inch to a one-inch because different water flow sources have to go to different parts of... Whether it's a bathroom, whether it's a water hose outside, or whether it's an irrigation system outside. There's different sizes. And there's different... You have to tap into whatever is required for that specific thing. Like the grass has a certain type of fitting set, right? Because you don't want to put too much water on it. You'll drown it. And you don't want too much water coming out of the, your sink because of why? Because it's going to splash all over the sink. What am I trying to say is each and every season of your life represents something. Your marriage needs a certain type of well, right? A well of love, a well of patience, a well of kindness, long-suffering, and all the rest. And when it comes to the finances, you have to have a different kind of well, and if you are lacking in any certain area in your life, use those knees as a well digger and tap into the resources that God has provided right underneath your feet. Amen? 
Can y'all stand to your feet for just one moment? I want to to read this to you. You can put that back up on the screen. It's that last three verses, I believe. It says this. For now the Lord has made room for us and we shall be fruitful in the land. Everybody say, I'm going to be fruitful in this land. Say, Say, I'm not moving until the Lord prospers me. And it goes on to say, I heard that landed with somebody. He goes on to say that I am the God of your father Abraham. Do not fear for I am with you and I will bless you. I will multiply your descendants for my servant Abraham's sake. And so he built an altar there and called on the name of the Lord and he pinched his tent there and there Isaac's servants dug a well. Somebody say keep digging. I I don't care what it is. I don't care what it is. It could be a ministry. It could be a calling. It could be financially. And who is that well? Who's the water? Jesus. I I, I cannot get over it that people think that resources are the answer. Resources are not the answer. Jesus, I know it sounds religious. It's not religious. It's a fact. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer. It's not a better education. That when you tap, yes, it can contribute, but it's not the source. It's not the source. Jesus is the source. And when you tap into Jesus, you get his resources. It's all about tapping into him, and then the sources come. If you're weary in body, you're weary in soul, if whatever you're doing is not fixing it, you're not, tap, you're not tapping into Jesus. He paves, this is funny. This just came to me. You know, we, we did the asphalt in the, in the, in the, in the, in the parking lot there. (laughs) And I'm thinking like gold. Can, Can you imagine? I mean, God uses gold to pave his stuff. Like Here, like, pavement is like the cheapest. It's not like it doesn't cost what a building does, right? Like, God doesn't lack. This is what I'm trying to say. He paves his streets with that stuff. You tap into him. You tap into Jesus. You tap into the living water. And listen, if you don't have peace, tap in. You're not fulfilled because you haven't found a spouse yet. You haven't been married yet. You're weary, you're broken, you're confused, everything's cloudy, dig the well that your forefathers dug. What does that represent? What that represents is what used to be can be again. The scriptures are a reminder. They are a goalpost as to what can be. Are y'all listening to me? Like your life doesn't have to be what it is right now. Only if you don't tap in. Only if you don't dig again. And God is calling a generation to rise up and to dig the wells that our forefathers had. What does that look like? 
That looks like a church that is on fire for the things of God once again. That looks like a family who's serving Jesus. That looks like children that we have serving Jesus. That looks like the environment in which we work, the glory of God gets released in. The peace and the power and presence of God get released in. Why? Why does that happen? Because of what we're tapped into. Am I making sense to you guys this morning? I want everybody to just lift your hands right now. Just lift your hands to the Lord. And I want you to just begin to ask the Lord. Lord, show me where to dig. Just ask the Lord that. Lord, show me, show me where to dig the wells. Why am I not tapping in? Sometimes it starts with a question like, Lord, am I not digging in the right place? Am I not in the right place? And I want to tell you by the spirit of the living God, I pray this revelation hit you. I feel like the Lord is saying, yes, you are in the right place. You just need to keep digging. And don't grow weary in well-doing. Before in due season, you shall reap if you faint not. Like there's something that the Lord is wanting you to tap into. So giving up is not the answer. Digging deeper is the answer. And Lord, I just pray that you would strengthen your people with that revelation. That running is not the answer. That dropping the ball is not the answer. Giving up their calling is not the answer. It's all a matter of digging deeper into you, Lord Jesus. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope this message impacted you today. If you'd like to support Ascension Christian Center, simply go to ascensionchristiancenter.com and click the gift tab or text ACCFL to 77977. Interested in hearing more? Check back weekly for new messages. Have a great day.